Hey, it's Lauren. We're trying something new on the program, which I'm very excited about, and that is to provide an ongoing series of toolkits in our feed from our guests with concrete actions you can take on the issues that matter to you. We've created these toolkits so that when you only have a few minutes or so, you can get the inspiration and information you need to do something. In today's Inflection Point Toolkit, my guest expert tells you how we can get more women in office, whether you're deciding to run or supporting someone who is. I'm Lauren Schiller, and this is an Inflection Point Toolkit. My name is Kate Black. I'm a policy advisor in the federal government and the former chief of staff and vice president of research at EMILY's List. But most recently, within the last couple of weeks, uh, my first book was published. I wrote it with June Dan Raphael. It is titled Represent, The Woman's Guide to Running for Office and Changing the World. Don't go away. When it comes to getting more women in office, what are three things you need to know before you decide to run? So a couple of things that I would say to anybody who's listening, who's thinking about running, first things to do. Number one is to figure out what issue fires you up the most. You probably have been posting about this on social media. You might be talking about it all the time with your friends. Uh, it might come up a lot at Thanksgiving. Understanding and identifying that issue is, is the first thing to do because it's eventually going to be your platform. The second thing I would say is start showing up. You know, identify how you're representing your community now. It could be looking at, um, are you attending city council meetings? Have you um, asked for your local leaders to to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with you? Are you going to protest? Are you going to um, uh, community events? There's so many different ways that you can show up for your community. It's important that you start kind of being present because eventually if you run for office, you're going to ask your community to show up for you. And so it's important to, to be there from them for them from the start. The third thing I would say is start talking to people. You don't need to know when you're running or what you're running for, but running for office is not a solo activity. It is a team sport and it takes a village. So start telling people you want to run. This could be, you know, a small group at first. It could be your partner, your family, maybe your close friends. Um, our words have powerful, make powerful promises to ourselves when we, when we say them aloud. So when you say, I think I'm going to run for office one day. That not only makes a promise to yourself, but it also brings in a whole collection of folks into your journey along with you. Um, so those are the first three things I would tell anyone to who's thinking about running for office. Those are the first three, three things I would say to, to start doing today. So say someone has made the decision to run. What, what do they need to know? For someone running for office, the things that I would tell you to do first are identify the requirements that it takes to, to run for the specific seat you're looking at. You know, for Congress, that means you have to, you know, have been a resident in a certain age to run. But for local and state offices, there might be different requirements around residency or or how old you need to be to, to run for that specific seat. But don't confuse qualifications and requirements. You are qualified today. Your experience is your expertise. Remember that you are enough and that men are not waiting. So it's time for you to step up. The other thing I would tell you to do is really think about your social media presence. Do an inventory. Go through every tweet, every Facebook post, every Instagram video. Take time. Be one with your computer because you need to go through everything. Once you've done that, it's time to identify, do you need to have 
a campaign page and a private page? Eventually, I think the answer is probably yes, because the folks that you, you know, first talked to when you set up your Facebook account in college, are they the same people you need to communicate your policy platform with and about events and fundraisers for your campaign? Maybe, but maybe not. So think about having a separate profile and public persona for your campaign that's different from your private pages. The last thing I would say is think about the community of people around you and how you can involve them in this new journey. That could look like your sorority, your alumni association, a professional network, your daycare pickup circle. It could look like the softball league down the street that you show up for on every other Saturday. But invite those people into your journey. They can be volunteers. They can maybe host fundraisers for you. They could give you money. They also might be some of your staff. Do you know someone who's really great at organizing events? They could maybe be a finance director. Do you know the person down the street who knows everybody's business and where everyone lives? That person might be a field director. They might be there with you knocking on doors because they know who's home, when, and where. So these are a few first steps I would take to running, but you've already done the most important thing, which is deciding to put your name on the ballot in the first place. What can we all do to support other women who are running if we ourselves are not? This is a great question. It's one that we get a lot. The final chapter of the book is actually titled, How Do I Support Other Women? Voting for them is a great cost-free way to support other women running for office. You can donate your time, your money, your expertise to their campaigns. Um, You can also help her in other ways. June and I like to say that behind every woman candidate is really another woman trying to help her get it all together. And so if you have a friend or you know a woman who's running, don't wait to be invited to, to offer help. You know, just step in. And that could look like making sure that there's Diet Cokes in the fridge and coffee in the morning. It could look like, you know, picking up the dry cleaning or walking the dog or taking her to get her hair done or, you know, inviting her to go out for a walk um, just to blow off some steam. Whatever it is, don't wait to be invited. Just start showing up for her. Um, And the last thing is asking her to run. We know it takes women multiple times uh, to ask them to run for them to step up. We need to be recruited intentionally and thoughtfully. And so if you know a woman in your life, and I invite you to think really about all the women in your life and consider them, whether they're domestic workers, sex workers, teachers, bus drivers, uh, cashiers, bank tellers, because we still have those, Um, you know, all the maybe radio hosts, all the women in your life can run for office. And I ask you to consider them and share with them this book. You can find a link to Kate Black's book, Represent, on my website at inflectionpointradio.org. I hope you find this toolkit useful to get more women in office. Let me know what you think about it. And definitely check out my in-depth conversation with Kate Black in the podcast feed right now. Kate shares what attributes a successful candidate has, the stories of several women who rose to office against all odds, and how to respond when you hear someone say, this country isn't ready for a woman president. I'm Lauren Schiller. This is an Inflection Point Toolkit, and this is how women rise up. Support for this podcast comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.